Hey there. This is a bonus episode. It is completely off topic for our podcast, but we thought it was important to bring it to you. This episode is about John Crotech, a friend that we met at Military Creator Con. We're sharing a raw conversation, and we want to be upfront and give you a heads up that this conversation deals with topics that you might find challenging, including childhood sexual assault, suicide, and PTSD. These are very heavy topics, but April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and we are proud to be able to shine a light on this through our podcast. This conversation is valuable to you if you are a service member, a parent, a military spouse, or you have friends, or you have personally gone through any of these issues. We invite you to listen to not only learn about how John has worked through his issues, but also how he is using them to give back to the veteran community. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope the insight that John brings to these heavy topics will help you and your family. Welcome to the Burt Force Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses land virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We are bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Vertforce show. Today, I have an incredibly inspiring guest. He has an outlier mentality. He loves provoking positive thought. He also enjoys pushing the envelope. He's a published author, owner of Green Zone Hero. Please welcome John Krotek. Hey, John, thank you for joining thank me. Thank you, Kimber. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you today. You know, we just recently met in person at the podcast yes. over in Orlando and it was awesome. Yes. So thanks for having me. Military Creator Con was such a highlight. I was, and, and I had talked to you before then, our friend James had introduced us via a Zoom meeting. And when I saw you, I thought, I think I remember this person. And you just, you meet so many people. Oh my gosh. It's, you know, nowadays, you know, I call it the window, uh, window introductions because we do meet so many phenomenal people and like this window opens up and this creative yeah. energy comes out. We're all doing really cool things. And then it seems like the window closes. And once the window closes, we're off to the next open window. Yeah. And you said that you told me that at, at PodFest and at Military Creator Con, and that really resonated with me because I align with how you framed it. There's, there's a period of time that you have to connect with that person and it can quickly pass. And it can. And, you know, you alluded to it too, Kimber. You know, we're so busy these days. And I, I was just talking to a young, another woman that I met at CreatorCon. She's out in Montana and she's doing some really cool things for 
for single moms. And she kind of said the same thing. You know, we're, we're so very busy. We're so strapped. And we got these minute portions of time where we can make something happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, I think, and even now with what's going on with this virus situation, we're all so overwhelmed. And technology is cool. But sometimes I think technology has made things a little bit more stressful. You know, maybe this is a huge mm-hmm. global reset button for all of us to think about what's really important. When you take some time to really measure your words, and to contemplate what you're going to do next, you know, place yourself in the moment. A lot of times things are going to work out for the best. I agree with that. And I love that the unintentional impact from us all being quarantined and a lot of our time being able to be spent off work and, and kind of readjusting and resetting is that we're all getting to spend more time with people who are close to us, right? We're getting to spend more time with our families who are in the same situation and being quarantined with us. And I think that it gives you the opportunity to refocus on your relationships and refocus on how you're doing things. I couldn't agree with you more. I was reading a book on um, the Shambhala warrior Buddhist type of reading and it was saying that our downfall is not going to happen from anything outside of us. It's going to help them from the inside. And so, and I think what they were getting at is somebody that is truly strong has the courage to introspect because a lot of times we don't want to look inside. A lot of times we're looking on the outside. And I was reading a poet the other day that said that blame, that the, 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 the consequence of blame is irresponsibility. And so here we are in this day and age where we got, you know, technology at our fingertips. We can hop in our car. We, we, we can go buy a steak at the restaurant. We don't have to see how it's produced. And we become so isolated away from yeah. the world itself. Sure. And so people, it's always going to be about people. You're probably a little bit young to remember the movie by Charlton Heston or Charlton Heston was in it called Soylent Green. You remember that movie? No, I don't know. It's that an one. old science fiction movie. You'd love it. It's kind of interesting. I'm not, I love sci-fi. I'm not going to give it away. Oh, I love sci-fi. But you, you, it's called Soylent <laughs> Green, but there's a saying in there. Soylent okay. Green is people. And living is people. And it's people that create our experience and our existence here. And, you know, we're all tribal. If we were to go back, if you were to get on Ancestry.com and, you know, send your swab in, that would come back and it would tell you where your tribes came from. All human beings, and we've heard the word tribe, and but all human beings are tribal. And when you break the tribes up, which has happened to most of us in this techno world, we lose our a certain portion of our spirits. And so here we are, these humans in the 21st century doing all these cool things. But many times we lack the spirit because we're not with the people we really need to be with or the people that fit our Mm. tribe. You do so much for our military tribe, right? You and Green Zone Hero, what your organization does. Can you share with us for our listeners so they can know what kind of work you're doing for us? Sure. Thank you for that, Kimber. Green Zone Hero is an online directory of businesses, both veteran and non-veteran owned. Uh, that support freedom and supporting freedom means they give special pricing to veterans and their families 
active duty to, or they employ veterans or they're owned by a veteran or they employ disabled veterans, you know, or they give the veteran pauses. And we think that that's important. A green zone hero is not the veteran. A green zone hero is the business that supports the freedom that recognizes our veterans. And so, but what's really fun for me has been the podcast like we're on now, but Straight Outta Combat Radio, which morphed into Task Force N Radio, another show. But Straight Outta Combat is telling the stories of our combat veterans so that we can diminish the negative stereotype. And, you know, every time something happens these days, the first question they always go, especially if it's very horrific, is, oh, was it a veteran? Almost like it's commonplace that veterans are constantly losing their minds. And they're not. I've interviewed women. I've interviewed men, all branches of the service. And my gosh, the stories are fascinating. It's been a magical experience for me thus far. And I just am so inspired by the people who have worn the uniform from generals all the way down to, you know, younger enlisted lower ranks. And, and it's just been an incredible experience. So, you know, what I'm trying to do is be a voice for the tribe, for the combat veterans, especially yes. uh, whose stories need to be told. We can educate the, the listeners, especially the citizens, because those who have worn the uniform speak the language, but the, the citizens are right. interested. They really need to know that we're not broken. We're not any different from them. Yeah. And John also has uh, a very strong equality-based mindset. So listeners, chatting with John and understanding that, you know, his mission with straight out of combat, you know, it serves the active duty and it serves the veteran community. But John is also equally devoted to serving the military spouse community in that, he's staffing green zone hero completely with a commitment to hiring military spouses. So just all around. And and that's how we met. That's how John and I are connecting, you know, helping him connect to the military spouse community so that he can bring his mission. He can create this little ecosystem where everything that he touches is benefiting our community. Absolutely. You know, the military spouse, as you well know, you are a military spouse. Uh, they're, they're actually the back, they're the other side of the force. They're the backbone of, of our men and women in the field. You know, they're not just female spouses, there's males too. And, you know, without them, the spouses back home who are more than just cheerleaders, they literally hold down the floor. And if there's kids involved, it's double duty. And it's tough. It's tough to go overseas and deployment. It's tough on everybody. And the cool thing about the spouse community is that they stay in contact with each other. It's like a sister and brotherhood all by itself in ways. And, you know, of course, when people get deployed, they hang out together. They, they, they stay in contact with each other. And it's not only is it a sport network for the people in the field or on the water or in the air, it's also a home network. And I couldn't think of anything better to do with than to employ some of those fantastic individuals to help with our mission that, uh, that, that they're all on the same with us. So it's, I'm excited about that. Military spouses <laughs> are, um, they're top notch. Without them. And they make great team members absolutely. for sure. You know, we, we can't do any of this without them. So tell us a little bit about your shows. 
uh, so we know how to find you and tune into you. Well, you know, I met Adam Bird, who is the founder of the Heroes Media Group. I met him in Dallas at the Military Influencer Conference. Gosh, three years ago now, I think. And it was in Dallas and, and we hit it off. I, I didn't know anything about podcasting. I was looking for information, but it's on the Heroes Media Group, Spotify, Podbean, Podcoin. It's on a lot of different Apple, you know, iTunes, Apple, but it's straight combat radio. We don't have a website. We have a Facebook page, but there's links everywhere. And you can also go to heroesmediagroup.com and the group is GRP, heroesmediagrp.com. And you can see the show on there with our other show task force set. So we're out and about, I've done 118 shows so far, six or seven of them wow. compilation shows uh, where I've taken, we always ask the question, what does freedom mean to you? And then recently we've been taking the answer to that question because we've gotten 118 different or 120 different answers and we're putting them on compilation shows, which make for a really cool listening. And, and I've just had a real fun time doing it. Probably my, my best one was General Flynn, Michael Flynn, and Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has been on our show, and uh, Rocky Blyer, you know, four-time Super Bowl champion ring holder, and the list goes on. You know, you're welcome to peruse the list, but we've had all kinds of the coolest human beings on earth on the show. That's amazing. Yeah, it's such an interesting show. Kind of, there's always like a, you know, when it comes to I'm probably talking more now because I'm on your show, but I usually don't talk that much. I let the people that we're interviewing talk, do all the talking. And there's always like a 10 minute or a 15 minute surreal time for me where the person that I'm interviewing just completely opens up. And it's all about trust. You know, if the people that you're interviewing trust you, they're going to tell their story. I'm not looking at my guest as numbers. Oh my gosh, you know, we've done mm-hmm. 100 whatever. They're not numbers to me. They're real right. legitimate live human beings that have worn the uniform to defend our freedoms and they deserve all the dignity and respect that we can give them. Absolutely. My show is about right. coming on board, telling your story and uh, letting the vet the non-veteran population know that we're just like them and we're not broken. I love that. I think you're, what you're doing on your show is you're unveiling what it's like to be a veteran. You're unveiling what it's like in the life of a service member. And if you're not a service member, you're not exposed to this lifestyle. I don't think you get a lot of firsthand exposure to it. Having married into the military and just being a spouse and seeing the kind of things that, you know, I'm so proud of my husband for what he does. And I'm so just inspired by what he and his peers are doing for our country. And I just love getting deeper into that story and discovering it. And I, that's what I love about your well, show. Thank you. You know, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just, there's something about it. You know, I still get a, a tear in my eye sometimes to hear these stories and uh, they've helped me a great deal. So tell us a little bit about your story. <laughs> Well, my story is... What led you here? Yeah, my story is interesting story. I I thought I had it all figured out. My dad was an army officer for 28 years, and and I went in as an enlisted person and uh, served in the U.S. Army. Back when I was in, see all these gray hairs? When I was in, there were two and three and four-year enlistments. So I went in with the three-year enlistment. And of course, I was an E5 within no time. 
And I absolutely had the best chains of command anywhere. All of my NCOs that were that I was subordinate to and my officers, they all really, really helped to mold me into a great NCO. And I thought that I was a great NCO. You know, I took care of the soldiers beneath me and I performed my duties the way I was supposed to. And I, and I left with a really, really nice experience in the service. Um, got out in 1989, right before the first Gulf War. And then my first sergeant called and he gave me a line and paragraph number for those of you who know, but cut off all mm-hmm. prior service. So I re-enlisted and went in the reserves. Uh, 7th and 9th Field Artillery of the 81st ARCOM here in Florida. And I served out a couple of years in reserves, but enjoyed it. Then I went about, I came back home and met my wife and we got married and we opened a business. I had that business for 23 years. And then in 2012, I was involved in a DUI accident and I received a traumatic brain injury and my life unraveled. Um, The demons from a childhood assault percolated to the top. My wife didn't want to work with me anymore, and I don't blame her because the mood swings were off the charts. Couldn't sleep at night, and I was angry. All my friends were walking away from me, and before I knew it, it forced the sale of our 23-year-old business, and then I was just in a real bad place, and it didn't take long for my wife and me to be in the middle of a divorce. Um, And then... The universe intervened, and unfortunately, her mom slipped and fell, and she had to separate from me. Her mom was 92 years old at the time, and so my wife was a native Virginian, went to Virginia to caretake, and it gave us a timeout on what we were doing with our life. And I called a, a crisis hotline in 2015 to get the help that I needed to, to live my life again. And so in that process months and months and months of cognitive behavioral therapy, a little smidgen of speech pathology and some CBD treatment, cannabidiols, uh, which is hemp-based pharmaceutical treatments. I uh, managed to save myself. I managed to save my marriage and I managed to uh, to get myself back on track again. And uh, reinventing yourself at 56 years old. I've been at this now. The accident happened eight, eight years ago, but this self-focused um, journey has been about five years now. And I don't care what anybody mm-hmm. says in the self-help books, none of this is easy. You know, everybody's got something they're dealing with. And a lot of times, especially when it comes to childhood assault, there's nowhere to go with that because of the social stigma. So most of the kids, boys and girls, uh, keep it silent and it leads to issues later in life or early in life with promiscuous behavior and uh, self-defeating thoughts and, you know, sabotage and all the negative emotions that go with things like that. And, you know, sooner or later you have to face the person in the mirror. And, and that's what I ran away from for so many years. Um, I mean, I told nobody about that. It was 42 years that I kept that post-traumatic stress event hidden. So you went through two things here. You went through traumatic brain injury which ultimately led to the reveal of a secret you had been keeping for 42 years about childhood sexual assault. Exactly. It's not uncommon to have what they call stack trauma that you, you know, and trauma doesn't have to be that trauma can be financial ruin, the death of a loved one, disfigurement from an accident, it can be bullying. It's not uncommon for a trauma to be compartmentalized. And then later Mm -hmm. when you have a near death experience, which is what a, 
TBI really is, especially when it involves moving vehicles. I mean, I, I could have been dead. And uh, how irresponsible was that? I don't condone drinking and driving at all. But I, yeah, it was that trauma. And, and there's so many people out there. That's the Task Force N Project, the book that I just published. If you don't mind me asking, were, were you the one that was drinking in your I incident? Was, yeah. Thank you for sharing I had a that. couple of, um, uh, it was a good friend of mine. My wife had just left for Virginia and his wife had just left for Peru. Yeah. And it was a rainy night and we, you know, I really didn't want to go out. You know, I say that now, but I really didn't. And uh, I just, nah, why not? I'll just go out. I left the place at 11 o'clock at night. You know, it wasn't like we, we yeah. shot a few games of pool. I drank a couple of glasses of wine on an empty stomach and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Now, how, how severe was your injury? Have you begun to recover? How's, what was your recovery? The recovery, like? you know, it was immediately insomnia, mood swings. Anger. It was, it was a concussion. I spent the night in the hospital that night. I had these two huge hematomas on my face. The brain yeah. is like, it's like your two fists put together. If you, that's like the size of your brain and it floats inside your skull. And it's like the consistency of jello. I mean, even sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. so I, I hit because my airbag and then I went back and anyhow, the damaged brain doesn't really, the, the damaged part can't really repair itself. It just builds new neurons around it. But because I had insomnia for three years, I had no sleep. The brain didn't have time to rest to repair itself. And you just get more agitated. You get more resentful. You have these, it, it, it is horrific. Even a minor brain injury can can affect your life in a bad way. And so the CBDs, which was the hemp treatment, they had originally put me on pills. I was suicidal. CBD, the very first treatment, cannabidiol, it's not, not THC, it's the other uh, molecule. The very first dose that I took was unbelievable. I had I hadn't felt like that in years. And I was able to finally get really? some sleep. It was incredible, Kimber. I started getting sleep. It just it was a bit it began the journey back because with sleep you can your brain can heal itself. Then you can start to get a handle on your mood state. Uh, and then you can identify triggers and you know the whole sexual thing is oh my gosh, you know, by the I've read that it's one out of three girls by the time they're 18 has a story to tell. And one out of five boys. And, and when I came out, I, I laugh about it. But when I came out with that story, I had a lot of private messaging from guys and women saying, well, you know what? Thank you for telling your story. And oh, by the way, when I was eight years old in Uncle Jimmy's house or my grandfather did this or my dad did this. And it's it's you talk about a pandemic. This is mm-hmm. pandemic and endemic. I mean, it seems like it's everywhere. Well, I think so many people are just ashamed and embarrassed to come forward. Not only, you know, not just for themselves, but for the people who did it to them too. Especially if it's a family member, you don't necessarily want to share that that happened in no, your it's family, shameful right? And it's shameful. And, you know, the guy that did it to me said, you know, nobody's going to believe you. And so here I am in the third grade, the summer between the third and fourth grade, and this bigger kid does this on the neighborhood sleepover. And he's telling me he apologized. And then he said, and there's no use telling anybody because they're not going to believe you. 
And then, of course, I was intelligent enough to know that I didn't want to be the kid that was tagged that kid. And so you, you, you stuff it. You put it away. And occasionally a trigger will come. And there was mass confusion with it. And, you know, there was an excitement, but also mass confusion. And it really plays on your psyche. And a lot of times people that are very promiscuous or, you know, engaged in those types of activities, a lot of times in their background, there's some type of a sexual assault or abuse in their background. Um, really? Oh, it's, it's that, that's a whole different type of trauma because it not only does it play, it gets locked into your genetic code. And I know people that still struggle with it. You know, I, I don't know if I'm struggling with it and I don't think it ever gets better. It just gets different. You just know how to cope with it. And you know that I, I'm just, you know, just amazed I'm even here with some of the high risk behavior that I, you know, motorcycles and skydiving and mountain climbing and speeding tickets over the years and all these crazy things. And now I know why, you know, when you have a poor, low self-esteem and nothing really matters, you push the envelope in a big way. We talked about pushing the envelope. That's pushing the envelope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what in the world was I out doing drinking at 52 years old? Our listeners are military spouses and transitioning service members. What kind of advice would you give to them in regards to the experiences that you've had in regards to your drinking and driving incident, in regards to your sexual assault incident? Um, what would you tell a military spouse to be aware of? Well, you know, the first thing is you're not the traumas. You're not the things that happen to you. I know it sounds kind of crazy yeah. and, you know, those, you know, and it took me a while to figure it out because I thought that I was damaged somehow. And there, there mm -hmm. are incidences that happen. The cover of my book says it all, shows my third grade class picture. Smiling. I remember that kid. That kid was so inquisitive and he just loved all of his classmates. The event happened that summer, you know, all 90 seconds. And the picture in the fourth grade, you can see a child zombie and subdued, real quiet, real serious, didn't trust anybody. Uh, you know, if you see a drastic change in a child or one day they're smiling and bubbly and the next day they're not, that might not be the end of the world. There may be nothing going on. It could just be a bad day. But if you see a change in that type of behavior, withdrawn, and even sometimes acting out, you know, if you if you see your child getting angrier than than normal, um, you know, like over the top angry, acting out emotions in a real strong way, you might want to have a talk with that boy or girl. And you know what's interesting about those types of perpetrations is that usually the people that do them. As somebody you know, the mm -hmm. child that did that to me was an older boy and went on to do things like that with his sister. And uh, yeah, so I would just say keep an eye on your kids. And then if you're going through something that you're that you haven't necessarily dealt with, the real beginning, and this sounds crazy in this, but this is the best advice that anybody ever gave me. When I was triggered, or I was in that insomnia spot or I wasn't feeling good. I was ordered by my therapist to, 
to go into the, the, the mirror in my bathroom and look at the person in the mirror and tell that person how much you love them. And it sounds kind of crazy. In fact, when I first started doing that, I was looking around the room to see if there was anybody watching me because it felt so crazy. And so after a while, you know, you look at yourself and you, and you start believing it. Because a lot of times these traumas that affect us, we, we, we hate ourselves at a core level. We think we're deficient. We're, we're tainted. We're bad people. Why would this, why would this happen to us? You know, obviously I deserved it. And none of that's true. What is true with a firm self-love and a practice of self-forgiveness, you'll begin the journey. It's one day at a time. And Try not to look at the bigger picture. You're still going to make mistakes. Just don't go back to that place. Uh, and, and if you're transitioning out of the military, you know, there is, there's so much available now that wasn't available when I came out of the service back in the dark ages in 1989. And mm-hmm. stay, you probably heard this a million times, stay in contact with the people that you served with as long as you can. Eventually life goes on and you lose contact. I still stay in contact with my first sergeant and a few guys that were in my platoon. We still stay in contact. They're on my Facebook page, but stay in contact with those people. Those are people that their brothers or sisters, people that you serve with people that care about you. And uh, the, the worst thing we can do when we get back into the world is just to isolate and because um, when you do that, you don't have a purpose. And a military person without a purpose can be a bad recipe. You know, they get bored quickly and, and then it could lead to anything. And I'm not going to say it would, but keep yourself busy, stay in contact, keep communication lines open. If, you, if your children change their behaviors, just talk to them. Absolutely. John, thank you so much for opening up, sharing with us your green zone hero mission, sharing with us the straight out of combat podcast and your books and your personal story. I think your personal story is so powerful and it's very raw. It's very, this is who I am. This is what happened to me. These are things that I am overcoming. Right. right? And I did just let everybody know that's listen. I did save my marriage and um, my wife's got great character and uh, she didn't have to stay with me. Uh, I wouldn't have blamed her if we Mm -hmm. went through with it, but I'm so blessed to have had her by my side for over 30 years now. And, you know, when you go, when you're with somebody for a long time, anybody listening out there that's having problems in your relationships, and of course, I'm not a marriage counselor, but the same holds true there. Keep the communication going, you know, talk it out. Divorce is like the last resort, I think, uh, most problems can be solved. They can. Most problems can be solved. And you should see your, your problems as opportunities to overcome. Absolutely. Yeah, life is a process and this is this is a game of perseverance. Absolutely. So let's hang in there together and support each other through it. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. And yeah, thank you, John. We'll link all of John's podcast in the show notes along with his book in the show notes and the the link to the green zone hero directory if you get a chance drop john a line and tell him thank you for everything he's doing for the military community 
And we do appreciate you, John. Thanks for being a guest on the Vert Force podcast. Thanks, Kimber. Well, I like being here and I like what y'all are doing at Vert Force. God bless you. All right, Vert Force, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at vertforce.us. Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support at vertforce.us. As a reminder, all content associated with the Vertforce podcast is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC. All right, catch you next week.